1: think we're good yep you're in a
2: place to be how's it going tonight or evening I guess for you uh it's it's uh going great for me and uh it's even later evening for you so thanks for having me yeah man I'm glad you're here so uh this is a
1: topic that seems to be uh cause a lot of controversy I guess so to speak and that it's almost made a lot of the polar a lot of people what am I trying to say it's caused the country to be a lot very polarized now. A lot of polarization. So I guess where we should start this off is maybe give you a bit of background on uh who you are and maybe why you decided to write your was it your book,
2: "Climb Maturity? Maturity? Climb maturity, right? Uh trying to get down into the middle of things as, <laughs> and stay away from the extremes. Um yeah, sure. Well, again, thank you for having me. I um you know I, I sold my first solar panel probably in 1999 so um was have, was in the solar module manufacturing and sales and project development business for uh you know two decades uh spent uh did some work in um electric vehicle infrastructure long before we actually even had any electric vehicles uh, and then some energy storage so I spent uh now 23 years I I guess uh working in clean tech and renewable energy and i currently have a startup uh, doing water conservation uh so i've spent a lot of time in the era and then about the past 5 or 6 years i've been a professor of entrepreneurship at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo here in California so um so all those things combined uh, kind of gave me a good framework for um you know what some of the solutions are towards climate change and what some of the stories are so i've been a an avid consumer of client science for the past uh, uh, 20 20 something years or so. So I'm familiar with it, even though I'm not a climate scientist. Um, I understand uh, the discussion and certainly the evolution of how this has all evolved. And so, you know, my motivation for starting to write was really hit home with some of my college students, because I've got, you know, 22 year old people going out into the workforce. um, And I'm seeing how we've just beaten them to death about, you know, how they're going to die because of climate change. And I kept scratching my head going, man, how, how did we fail? How did how did that be the only message that they're hearing about this? Um, And so I started to write, I started posting things on LinkedIn. I had a different opinion than a lot of my uh, solar colleagues and started to get beat up quite a bit about that. And, uh, and I started saying, you know what, what, what you're not hearing is something down the middle. You're not hearing, uh, you know, you're hearing the two different extreme polar opposite sides, like you were saying, and so that kind of inspired me, especially seeing my own kids and seeing other, uh, you know, college graduates going out into the world. I decided, you know, maybe it's time to actually start a different narrative and a different way to look at this thing.
1: Cool, yeah. So, I got a couple thoughts on that, and hopefully, I don't lose them. But the first one, you know, you said climate scientist, and I've seemed like I've heard that word a couple times, you know, and I've done a little I've listened to a few different people on podcasts talking about climate change. He's written books and everything, and it seems like is that a typically newer word, or somebody that seems like somebody just made up word that they just want to explain they are climate scientists based on their research. Does that kind of make sense? What I'm asking?
2: No, yeah, and so uh, that's a that's a great question. I think climate scientists are a group of uh, they have all kinds of different titles. Okay, so some are are uh, astrophysicists. Some come at it from uh, I, I don't know that you can go and and now I'm, I may be ignorant here, but um, uh, go and get a degree from climate science, right? <laughs> in, in climate science, but um, look, these are these are science researchers. They they do their job is to do research into climate related activities. Really? So some specialize in water, some specialize in energy. I know a lot of folks are come at it from the engineering and the technical side, uh, from an energy side. So I think that conglomeration is. A group of of climate scientists um, that have built these models um, and, you know, they do they do measurements of oceans and temperatures and things that we can measure. And then they feed those into models and then uh, get together to try to help us understand what is happening and what could potentially be happening. So.
1: Yeah, just try to explain it for everybody whether you're on the right side of it or left side of it or and try to dumb it down for people, I guess. Is, is that kind of give you a better idea of what side you want to be on? Is that what they Well,
2: I think uh you know, it's kind of turned into that and that's part of one of our big challenges is um look um you know, if you're trying to predict the future no matter how good your models are, um it's legit to ask the type of science that it is okay so um i one of my bugaboos about this whole discussion is you know when people talk about science what you and i normally think of as science this is quite a bit different than that and uh, no one's explaining that normally if you talk to a scientist he says hey i did something in a lab and i can prove it and then i can replicate it all across the world and everyone gets the same results and here's what's going on. Sure. This is not that at all, right? This is, you talk to a hundred different scientists and you'll get a hundred different answers. And, um, so it's by, it's by very nature a different type of science. And, and, uh, one of the challenges is no one's standing up and talking about that. It's being blurred intentionally because it gives it some, uh, what I'll, what's the word I'll use gravitas, right? It makes us, <laughs> it makes us, uh, think of it as, as, the kind of science that you and I understand, but this is quite a bit. This is a different thing. I'm not making it unlegit, uh, you know, illegitimate or anything like that. I'm just saying it's different, sure. and the differences are important. Okay, so when when we're trying to uh, predict the future, it is by definition speculative, and um, it's legitimate for us to raise our hands and ask those questions. Yeah. Well,
1: you need to ask those questions just because you know in. You know, I'm probably the last person who should be talking about climate change, but I, you know, I like to do research and I like to listen to people on both sides of the fence. That way I can kind of try to form my own opinion, but it's one of those things, depending on the scientist or who's doing their research, they usually just pick out a couple of different things and then they just go and blurb it out to the world on Twitter or social media yeah. uh, in the universities or wherever. And then that's the side, you know, they want to die on that Hill without doing actually additional research. But I guess, you know, another point that I wanted to make out was oh, this seems not, not only happen in climate change or in this topic, but, you know, in the, the food industry seems to be a bigger one, too, where people can cherry pick information, you know, propose like, you know, I just finished reading a book called Sacred Cow and just talking about how, you know, oh, meat causes cancer. And then they just kind of cherry pick the studies and they form out there to show you why it does based on, I guess, who they work for, the higher ups or just whatever. You know, you can make that data almost say anything you want it to if given the right you know, circumstances.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know, these days um, I, my, this is kind of a, a, a tangent, but I, and my opinion is our ability to capture data is now like it never has been before in the, in our history, but our ability to process it is still kind of what it has been. Right. So you got one we just, we're just flooded with amounts of data, just, just, information um and yet we're still trying to figure out how to sort through it so i think it's you can you can make whatever argument you want about most things these days you can got, find some sort of statistics sure. um and some group has done something um so uh, you know one of the things that ha- has happened with climate and the food industry is probably a great example of it as well is you know the, the people conducting scientific research started to become advocates and so they they you know became um they became advocates for certain positions and this 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 has been a real problem i think in climate but just in scientific research in general so uh yes you may be hearing from a scientist um but there's a lot of times when you're actually hearing their opinion about stuff um that's untethered from actual science and um, in the climate game, we've actually rewarded them for doing that. So we've actually encouraged them to give us their opinions uh, because the science is uh, the science says what it says. It says it can show you temperatures and things like that. But the conjecture going forward, um, those are those are advocates. And so scientists have have become that. And then, of course, it all be, becomes politicized because at some point people have to pay for it. And uh, you're there in the East Coast uh, close to D.C. You know how that works. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, especially over the past couple of weeks, right, we've seen we've seen this dramatically, these big, huge budget proposals that now supposedly are going to spin the earth backwards and, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> do all these wonderful things. But uh, the reality is quite a bit different, I think. So,
1: go, you know, going back a little bit, you know, I know you said you first started doing this stuff in what, 99, kind of getting the yeah. and everything. So when did really like global warming and climate change, was it the Al Gore type thing? Is that when it all started to become a huge you know like this is a huge issue when you start thinking about this now
2: okay. well i think al gore probably would spearheaded the you know he he ushered in the era of uh i'll just call it climate panic right he, okay. he his marquee name uh and the movie that he made i mean talk about cherry picking you know you could go through that whole movie and um and see that and and say there's some truth to this but uh, you know, that that's now I think most people understand the the uh, creative license that he took, not only with whatever facts he had, but also the graphics. And and it was a very effective movie. But I think that brought it to the public consciousness. So on one hand, it's good because more awareness is a good thing. On the other hand, uh, it started it's it opened the door to this whole um it, you know, we're going to die by Thursday from climate change. And so, um, although I have to say the first time, the, uh, the, the first big, huge government report that came out, you know, the IPCC, the, uh, intergovernmental panel on climate change, the, uh, the ones that they work for the United Nations that write all these big, huge, massive climate reports. Um, you know, they wrote their first report, I think in 1989. And even then they were saying, um, you know that it's it's catastrophic we're all going to die and the science back then was even way less uh <laughs> clear than what it is sure. uh, today so uh it's always you know i mean these are these are politically motivated uh things i'm not again i'm not discounting a lot of the scientific work that has been done i'm just yeah. saying that you know if you pick up uh what you read in the new york times um is the new york times version of whatever science they have chosen to read and so it's it is what it is well is it you know almost fear
1: mongling to a change just because i forgot um who i was listening to stellen stellenberg i think he's out of san francisco oh schellenberger yes okay and he wrote a book and he and he got a lot of criticism and controversy from writing this book and i think he made a different key couple key points saying you know where people I guess, back in, you know, were talking about in the eighties and saying, Oh, it's going to get, you know, wild and crazy that, you know, there'll be mass extinction, extinction, extinction. Gosh, I can't talk tonight. And that, you know, it's like, well, that's not going to happen because in order for a mass extinction, it's like 75 to 90% have to be, uh, you know, obviously start dying off of like the species or whatever. Yeah. And then he made another point. I think that, you know, people like to say that, Oh, you know, natural disasters like hurricanes and stuff are getting worse and worse and worse. But it was really that, uh they're kind of just declining, really, because we have a better way of handling those things and actually helping people prepare for them and stuff. And I probably butchered this a lot, but those was two of, some of his points that people were attacking him for saying like, dude, that's right. Not yeah, right.
2: he he's an interesting guy. So, I mean, he, you know, he was trying to get on the position. I don't know if he did to actually run for governor, but, you know, Schellenberger was a former hardcore envi- environmental activist. I mean, he, you know, he was out there uh protesting in the street so he was a he's a hardcore guy so you can imagine he's now big time pro nukes and i read the same book um i think the book is called apocalypse never yeah, i didn't read
1: um, listen to him on a podcast
2: That's the one that makes oh, you didn't? okay but but same yeah. thing right so yeah. um so yes so you can imagine going from uh, I, I mean he's a self-avowed hardcore environmental activist right so and now all of a sudden he's standing up and saying uh uh, reality check and also saying, Hey, guess what guys, if you, you know, like it or not, if you really are worried about CO2 nukes is the way to go. And I, ha- I happen to agree with him in a lot of ways too. So hmm. I'm following in similar path because I'm coming from a renewable energy point of view. So solar, uh, I don't have personal experience with wind, but it follows the similar mindset. Um, and then now batteries. And, you know, it's, you can also say those are all f- worse, uh, to the environment for the environment than, uh, nuclear or hydro. Um, and so they, similar things. And so, uh, you, you know, you get similar criticism about that, you know, uh, I, I, what, what strikes me, and I think part of that's motivated me is, is how can you, uh, you know, I, I don't have a product to sell right now. Yes, I have a startup, but I'm not selling anything right now. Sure. I'm no longer selling solar, solar modules. Um, and I was part of, you know, the early stage of this industry where I actually cra- crafted a lot of the messaging that we're hearing out in this marketplace. So I know where you know, I know what's what's true. I know the things that we are estimating. Um and we took a lot of pride early on because we were just telling people, hey, this is this is a relatively better thing to put on your house. Uh, it can potentially have some benefits. You know, we weren't over promising. Um, and then man, now it's on steroids. Now we have to rush to solarize the whole world. And I'm just, I'm just shaking my head like, why does that make sense? And, uh, um, you know, I'm still waiting for the first company to com- be a com- 100% solar company before <laughs> we start, uh, solarizing and investing in solar for the entire world. You know, we haven't even done it with one company yet. So, um, so a lot of this stuff is just, um, I, I won't call it fear mongering, but it's just, you know, we're, we're we're just operating in this level of hope and fear and kind of hysteria mixed together and again that's why i hell i invented my own word for it climate surety which is like <laughs> let's take a step back and actually try to do some things that um that make some good pragmatic sense you know we're in california we're shutting down um, our two nuclear power plants one in san diego and the plan is to shut down that one and install solar and batteries, and when I do the math, I I go, hey, wait a sec, we're going to increase the CO2 footprint by over 800 hmm. percent. How is that getting better? Uh, you know, I get my power from Diablo Canyon here, um, and they were talking about uh, shutting that down. And I said, same thing. You know, why why are you shutting down the 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 lowest CO2 source aside from hydro? Why are you why are we going to shut that down and yeah. fill it up with stuff that? Has higher CO2 footprints, so you're starting to see pushback. In fact, in sure. in California, there actually is a bill on the table to say, "Hey, maybe we should keep this plant open for a few more years," and and uh, uh, because we're having energy, so- you know, shortages and all these things come into it. So, yeah. well, isn't nuclear
1: one of the cleanest energies that you can?
2: Yes, and I, I you know, and I'm I'm surprised. It's it's true. It's got yeah. one of the I think the the only one lower in terms of a CO2 footprint is hydro. Um, so. Huh. That's just true. Now, I don't want you know. I'm not an advocate for height. You know, I'm not an advocate for nukes. I'm not an advocate for any one particular energy source. My, I think we need them all, and I think. But I, but I also think most of all is we need to be telling the complete truth and not just one story of it. So, no, most times, Great. people say nukes, and Schellenberger's been fantastic at reversing this. But people say nukes, and everyone freaks out and starts sh- screaming and like, oh my god, Three Mile Island, Chernobyl, and and you just go well. You know, talk about extreme examples and, you know, nothing has happened like that for decades and and there's reasons why it's safe. And, you know, the rational minds, if you dig into it, actually have have some good things to say about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, is that, you know, again, like I guess kind of touching on what we talked about a little bit earlier, but, you know, say – you know, your students that you're teaching, if they heard that, oh, you know, nuclear energy and they first they first think about, you know, like you just said, Three Mile Island, Manhattan Project, we're going to blow ourselves up What and without doing any research. And that's just what they go on about. And then, you know, again, social media, Twitter, they start up this rant, gets people behind them and, you know, everyone's yeah. not doing their own research. It's like, oh, yeah, he's right. You know, I heard this from somewhere. And that's yeah. kind of where like you're saying that we're not getting the truth out there. We're just kind of, it's just misinformation all over again. you just keep a, it's just a circle. You keep going around until you can finally sit down and say, Hey, I actually want to sit down and hear, you know, what actually these experts in the field are saying. Form of- yeah.
2: And uh, you know, I, and there's almost no one that's innocent here. Uh, you know, I mean, Look, let's be. It, it wouldn't be fair to even. Um, again, I'm not an. I'm not an oil advocate. I'm just reality. You know, there. You know, we're not going to get rid of oil anytime in our lifetimes. Uh, and in fact, uh, from having worked for solar manufacturers, I can tell you for sure. Um, man, it's not a clean. It's not a clean process. You know, the first thing that happens is you. You fire up a big bulldozer and mow down a mountain to go get all of its minerals. So there's nothing clean about this thing. It's just cleaner compared to its alternative, but. You know, back in the day in the 70s, I mean, we know now how how the oil companies got together to to sponsor their own type of science and yeah. uh, and give us all this kind of you know BS that's out there that, hey, this stuff is really not bad. And we know now that it is. And we know now that they did it. And of course, I'm all for uh, if they committed crimes, then then, you know, lock them up, put them in jail. I have no problem with that. So there's a long history of people just misrepresenting all this stuff. Um, and, and so, you know, there's no one who's innocent here. Everyone has got some particular spin on it. I came from solar. I was responsible for coming up with a lot of these stories. That was how I spent a good chunk of my career. Um, and you know, we, we all, everyone wrestled with what's the truth. What is it we're going to, you know, kind of maybe not, not highlight. We won't deny it, but we're not going to be promoting it. You know, we're, you know, we, 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 didn't ever promote that, we only worked, of course, when the sun shined and you had to figure out what you're going to do the rest of the two thirds of the day and stuff like that, right? And right. We all have our things. Uh, and it's just to the time where we need some real solutions and we need to be having all of these on the table, openly talking about it and just being honest with uh, with what we think that we can do.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to take it back a little bit because you touched on something that I wrote down, make sure I didn't miss it. But uh, who's the governor of California, Newsom? Newsom, right. Yeah, so you know, when you were talking about getting rid of the nuclear plants or the power, but is that because, isn't, isn't he putting a bill out there for California
2: where all cars are going to have to be made by batteries by 2030? Yeah. Something? They're, all they're, the you're time? Start, yeah. And so, look, California's had a history of doing this. We did this with solar. Uh, we've made these aggressive goals. Um, so, you know, that's still in his DNA. Um, I think he's gotten a lot of pressure. I, I will be curious because I have a, maybe I'm jaded, but um, I I personally think that that they're still going to go forward and close the nuclear power plant but they're saying that maybe they won't at least until November <laughs> until the election hits. So <laughs> now cuz now all the people that are against it go, "Hey, wait a sec, maybe these guys are reasonable." And then of course they, they you know, they'll do what the original plan was, but that could be wrong. That's just my opinion, but okay. but yeah, he's had you know, we've got some aggressive uh, policies out there uh, in California.
1: Is the um It's my next question, you know, just because electric vehicles seems to be pretty big talk, you know, with my family and just, you know, for first and foremost, but is the technology there? I mean, do we have enough batteries for everyone to
2: have a battery powered car? Mm -hmm. Everyone in the country, everyone in the world? No. I mean, in terms of capacity, we're not even close. Um, That's part of what these bills are trying to do is, um, you know, think about that, right? Now we're going to spend, you know, we're, 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 we're basically, again... We're trading one depletable resource oil for another, which sure. is, you know, lithium and battery minerals. So yeah. um, and we don't know what we're in for yet. You're starting to see it. I mean, we, we're already Tesla already can't make enough batteries to meet their demands. So that's just one company. Um so no, we're not anywhere close. And I think that's part of the challenge. And that's part of what people want to do is um, you know, make lots and lots and lots more factories mm-hmm. to start pumping these things out. Of course, we're handing out the big companies, you know, like General Motors and the, the big uh US automakers. We're giving them billions, uh, if not trillion, maybe not trillions, but certainly lots and lots of billions to go off and do this. Sure. So I, the EVs to me are a personal bugaboo because uh, one of the things I did when I researched my book was was um, rank the, rank all of the different options that are out there according to dollars. So cheapest to bet, cheapest to most expensive in terms of um, the most effect it will have on CO two. So the ones that are the cheapest and have the most effect are at the top. Uh, and the ones that are most expensive and have, will have the least effect are at the bottom. And it's not my data actually; I used other people's data, but uh, I compiled it. And you know, EVs are down at the bottom of the list. they I think, out of 75 options, EVs are like 67. Really? Which means that you know they're you know, they're not going to help. I, I hate to say it, but they're not. And and. They're awesome to drive. If you ever, if you've driven a Tesla, if you own any of the electric vehicles, a Tesla is fun as hell to drive. Sure. Uh, it's a great piece of technology. Love it. Love driving it. But I mean, let's not pretend that it's climate salvation, because it sure isn't.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, you just touched on this, is that uh you know those uh, minerals you're talking about, con- conflict minerals. That a lot of people don't really understand that what's really going on. That so people can have a new iPhone or have those EVs yeah. That what you know these. I guess it's it's almost next to what do you call it, like blood diamonds that people are like yeah. these slaves. That's the exact from. words,
2: right? Yeah, blood diamonds.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I thought that only referred, referred to the diamonds, and then the, like you said, lithium and whatever it is in these other countries were like the conflict minerals or whatever. But yeah, that's one thing I think it goes unnoticed with people when they're you know wanting these. Uh, EVs or wanting, you know, like I said, the new iPhone or whatever, what really went into making those products?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing you probably won't hear too much about the solar industry is that 80, 80 to 85% of all the solar modules are made in China. Um, and so they're all, you know, so we, we've done a great job of helping their, their <laughs> solar business, um, and they compete unfairly because they get free government money. So I've worked for a, a bunch of solar manufacturers. The only one of which that isn't bankrupt is a company called first solar. The rest of them are bankrupt because you can't compete. So, so who are we helping here? It's certainly not American jobs. Um, we are propping up that and, uh, you know, the Chinese, uh, Environmental standards are not even existent. They just they don't even give a damn about that kind of stuff. So, so, um, you know, we're trading foreign oil for Chinese solar modules. Is that a good trade? You could make the argument that it sure as hell isn't. Uh, and part of the, the energy bill that just got signed is supposedly to bring back U.S. manufacturing. But you know what? There were some fundamental reasons that they went away in the first place, and those reasons haven't changed. We're complete, we're competing unfairly. Uh, on their side, I mean, in fact, you know, the Department of Justice—we've proven this. There were hundreds of millions of dollars of tariffs that we were finding them that uh, the current government just said, "Well, you know, let's let them off the hook because we really need those modules." Yeah. So, uh, so they they just waived them. And so, um, same thing's true with the batteries. You know, lithium. The you know, all all of the lithium for the most part. Uh, most uh, in the world is in China, all those precious metals. So, you know, they're getting it from Vietnam. It's all China-based. It's all um, Asia-based. So we have some work to do there in, in, in order to do that. So this is not energy security by any means. This is just trading one foreign uh, dependence on another.
1: Yeah. Do you do you not think that the U.S. will bring back manufacturing of certain things? Or do you think that we'll see in a trend that it will slowly start to happen? Just, and the only reason I'm asking that is because that – yeah, you know, I follow a couple of people, social media and their podcasts and stuff. And they've actually like Jocko Willink. I don't know if you knew who that is, but Navy SEAL, he's actually started a, like some kind of textile plant up in Maine, I think. And where he's actually making hunting gear and stuff like that and trying to get, you know, the, the you know, the manufacturing back here in, in the U.S. But
2: yeah, well, I, of course, I'd love it. I think it'd be great. But there sure. but there were there were market reasons that. I mean, you know, there was once a vibrant solar industry. In fact, um, you know, we I worked for Siemens, I worked for Shell, I worked for BP. I worked for um uh Samsung, I worked for First Solar, I worked for two two startup okay. manufacturers. So, these are big companies, right? With resources and they couldn't make it work. And there's so um the, you know, I mean, what what can you say? You're competing with uh you know, these Solar modules are, are not high-tech, they are nuts and bolts and silicon. Mm-hmm. So it's all about labor, uh, you know, when, oh, I worked for Sharp, you know, they, they went out of business manufacturing these solar panels. So, you know, these are, I, I remember the difference between an American solar manufacturing, where super, lit, you know, lots of people and, you know, lots of smoke in the air, like an old time, you know, think about old time mills and things like that. And then I went to Sharp's facilities in Japan you didn't see any people. It was all robots. You could literally eat off the floor. And I remember going, How are you going to compete with this? You can't. Yeah. There's no comparison. There is no comparison. So, look, I would love to see manufacturing come back, but I. I just you can't see how it's going to. I mean, you could maybe uh, jumpstart a few manuf- you know, a few plants, but how are you going to sustain this without massive, massive, massive government subsidies? Because that's what you're competing against. Decades of uh, free government money coming from uh, some of the Asian countries, most specifically China they get money for free and uh, and they don't have to turn the same sorts of profits that we do. So it's an unfair, unfair playing field and it's really tough to, to uh, compete. So I would love to see it come back. Fingers crossed, hope that it happens. But um, if that is our plan a for, for climate uh, salvation, (laughs) it's a, it's a risky one. Really? It really is.
1: You know, and I, I guess this might be changing the topic a little bit, but, you know, notice, you know, people are talking about, you know, all those plants, they used to give off what specific gases or whatever. And, and that, you know, they didn't want them here in the first place just because they were killing the planet uh, in that sense. But, and also all the fossil fuels and all the cars that were burning, but, you know, Randall Carlson actually made a point that since 1980, and this is kind of going back to early, what we were talking about, but like the earth is 40% greener than what it was since 1980 or something like that. And that like stuff like that goes unnoticed where people just kind of, like we were saying, just want to push that aside. Like no, nah, that does not agree with what my argument is. So we'll just ignore that part.
2: But- yeah. I, I, I think one of the things, you, you know, you never hear people talk about conservation. Um, you never hear te- people talk about saving trees. <laughs> it's amazing how in an environmental discussion, you will never hear people talk about na- preserving nature, mm-hmm. right? You'll, you'll hear people say, Hey, let's, let's chop down all those trees so we can build a nice big, uh, solar factory or windmill factory to make, uh, you know, to make stuff." yeah and so you know you know um so you know i hate i hate to use this this number but i do because it's 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 just a fact you know in 2020 um us cur- curbed our emissions by 11% why because of covid people stayed home we used less stuff right? right we just did stuff differently and we did in one year what all these climate policies haven't been able to do in one year we did it and we've spent billions upon billions to try to do it other ways. So, you know, um, nature, preservation, um, conservation. And then of course the big, I call it the big a word, which is adaptation, right? You know, the, all of these, these doomsday scenarios sorts of sort of, uh, not sort of, they absolutely assume that the planet's going to heat and bad things are going to happen over decades. And us humans are just going to stand there and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden we're going to be 40 years in a desert and go, damn. maybe I should have done something. Well, man, that just is ridiculous. Right. I mean, that's just that's just doesn't even. Uh, what can you say about that? It's just it's just stupid. And Wait, so isn't
1: that one that of the arguments that
2: Miami going to go missing in so many X amount of years? Yeah. Sea levels. Right. And so that was, that was Al Gore's movie, right? He showed this awesome graphic that showed Manhattan's flooding and, you know, people's, ah, you know, it's like, oh, come on, man. It's like, seriously, Um, you know, it's just nothing remote to that. You know, I, adaptation is going to be, regardless, I, people hate to hear this, but, um, it's going to be the number one way that we mitigate climate change because it just will be because it's, it's how we do it now. You know, people aren't going to stand in the desert. Guess what they're going to do. They're going to go inside into air conditioning Mm -hmm. That's adaptation. You know, uh, we have the ability to do it. I use new Orleans as an example, Katrina hit in 2007 hurricane category four or five, you know, remember Katrina. Um, We had this levee system. New Orleans has always been underwater. The levee system broke Killed a bunch of people. I think you know, 1,800 or 2,000. And I actually did some work down there, putting solar people on uh, solar uh, systems back on the houses when they repopulated some oh. of the areas. Um, and then you know, Hurricane Ida hits last year, uh, Category Four hurricane. And guess what? The levees held. So only uh, maybe 100, 150 people. Still sad, but sure. the point is, they didn't just wait to 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 have the world spin backwards and lower global temperatures. They just bolstered their levee system and it worked. Um, you know, Holland has been underwater since there's been Holland <laughs> and they have figured out how to do this. So um, this idea that we're going to sit around and do nothing is just, again, part of this whole fear mongering. Manhattan's going to flood and we're not going to know what to do. You know, you, you can't, you're not going to be able to get your hoagie or whatever. <laughs> so it's just ridiculous, right? It's just, it's absolutely just absolute, sci- it's not even good science fiction. I, you know, <laughs> I was like, at least Sharknado made me laugh. Because <laughs> you know, it was so bad, right? Manhattan flooding. I'm like, in what world, you know, that a politician can stand up and say, you know, let me show you a graphic that Manhattan's going to flood because of climate change. And then people in the audience, they gasp. I'm like, how could you even say that with a straight face? I can't even I can't even say it after watching the movie with a straight face. So um, that's the prevalent message that that these disasters are coming. Uh, they're untethered from science. You know, scientists, uh, even scientists, advocates, you know, if you push, if you push and you read some of their stuff, while they may believe it on a personal level, um, you know, no one's selling their homes and uh, going and living up in a yurt at the top of Pikes Peak because they actually believe it. There isn't anyone, you know, can you name one person that has given up all fossil fuels because they believe this so much? Not one. You can't do it. You can't live in today's world without without using them. And so, you know, it's we have a reality check every single day that, uh, yes, we need to find cleaner sources. Yes, we need to, don't cut down that tree. Um, You know, in that list I told you of prioritized solutions, the top 30 are natural solutions. You know, uh, regenerative agriculture, uh, reforestation. A bunch of them are education related, like in the developing world, um, teaching women maybe to not have six or seven kids or maybe just have a couple uh, or educating them. So maybe they become professionals and have different career options. There's so many different things that we can do to uh, to help mitigate this stuff that no one is talking about. Yeah.
1: You know, when you just asked if I knew anybody who had given up all fossil fuels, I read a statistic. This is probably a week or two ago that speaking of Tesla's that Tesla is the one automaker where most they have the most people who have financed those cars for, you know, 84, 96 years just because they think they're actually saving or doing something for the planet. But and it was like they're they're willing to take on, you know, a loan for 10, 10 years just to be able to say they're driving an EV or something like that. And that's that's
2: insane. Yeah. And so and we as Americans are willing to take on that loan, too, because for every Tesla, um, this is why, I, you know, once a lot of this stuff is once you learn it, you can't unlearn it. Right. So now I, you know, I'm in California. Everyone loves their Teslas. They show, you know, they wink at each other. And I go to the parking lot, you know, of my Vaughns, And, you know, I've got an old Subaru And I'm like, yeah, I could I could go get a Tesla. But, you know, there's thirty thousand dollars in public money, our money that's sitting in that Tesla just so they can make, you know, uh, you know, I don't see very many poor people driving them. I certainly don't see many Teslas in the inner cities. I'm from Oakland, California, originally. And so, you know, you're not seeing. Well, you are now because it's gentrifying, but you know you go to the poor parts of that that city you you're not seeing teslas and you don't see anyone who needs teslas you know so i i cringe with the whole ev thing look again they're they're great cars they're great tech I agree. fun fun to drive but uh you know we're we're really not saving you know a, a tesla and uh, a standard combustion engine off the production line if you measure the co2 the tesla is much higher and and will be for really? about 20,000 miles. So really? how is this how is this helping things? Well, didn't Volkswagen get in trouble for that, too? Weren't they lying about their emissions a couple of years well, ago? Well, they were I think they're lying about their actual fuel, uh, their miles per gallon. So that okay. was that was different. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, yeah, I thought for some reason or maybe it wasn't Volkswagen, but I thought somebody was saying that. They to retract all their emissions because they were actually saying they were giving off less than what it was but i can't yeah,
2: I, so i don't i don't think tesla is uh you know i don't think they're misrepresenting it i just think they just want, you know no one no one tells you so you got to dig into this and i actually found that in the in the wall street journal um mm. just an interesting article i was like they compared you know electric vehicle off the assembly line versus other cars and they're like yeah off the assembly line that's a higher co2 footprint and the only way um you could potentially save in the future is if you drive it certain ways and certain you know and so there's all these caveats um that of course the industry is still too new so we have no idea whether or not it's true or not well here's a good
1: question when you were doing your research did you have to be careful you know of what sources you were getting it from just because of you know like you said the wall street journal and you know obviously you know cnn and fox news can be you know left or right i mean did you have to kind of like okay well i'll see their side of the point of view here and I'll look look over here too. And it's, you know, does that kind of influence you on your research?
2: Yeah, well, I try, you try to do both. Um, And so I, but I, you know, it's really easy to find um, (laughs) both sides, both extremes, right? It's, I mean, you know, just type in oil and gas and you'll find all the supposed science that says there's nothing wrong and there's nothing to see here. Um, and then type in solar and what and wind and EVs, and you'll find the rest of the research that supposedly um, but you know, look, um, you know what what you develop is a sense of you know, if you start looking for science and start and then also start looking for things that aren't science, um, you'll start, it'll become obvious to you. So, you know, look, read the New York Times, read the Washington Post, read the Wall Street Journal, hell, go all the way to the right, read Breitbart if you want, and look at the way things, you know, are said. Um, You know, there's so many qualifiers, if this happens, and if this does this, and hey, they cite unnamed scientific sources, right, there's almost none of this stuff that is that is actually tethered to real science. And even the, um, the big, huge IPCC reports that the UN uh, group puts out 3,700 pages and counting. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a gobbledygook of techno speak and you really have to try, uh, you know, you have to, you have to search for it and you can find it, you can find it, but, um, it's not easy. And that's part of the challenge here is this has been the dominion of climate scientists and really government policy wonks, um, and people like you and me aren't allowed to to know anything more about it. We're not allowed to ask questions, but Hey, we sure as hell are allowed to pay for it. Sure. <laughs> right. Good point. So Good point. Um, I can't tell you how, you know, this sort of a discussion gets people mad because oh. Hey, you can't be asking these questions, right? You have to just accept it all as fact. And uh, you know, if something doesn't smell right, it just doesn't smell right. And so yeah. I think a lot of people, what I have pleasantly found in in taking uh A stand down the middle. If if that it sounds so funny to actually say that is taking a stand in the middle (laughs) is I find a lot of people are want to hear this right. They want to talk about it. They have questions and they're not allowed to say it right. It's all hush hush and I don't want to ask the wrong person because they're going to get really pissed off at me. And I'm like, what the hell, man? How's this? How are we going to solve a global problem um, by doing this? I mean, look at the 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 bill that just got passed completely along party line votes. Right, there wasn't one person who defected to the other side. Yeah. The vice president cast the uh, right. So how is that going to how is that going to work? Because come November, chances are this switches, and hey, guess what? We're back to where we were before, which is no one. The other half will have a voice now, and they don't want any of this stuff. And that's just the truth of this. So part of what I'm advocating in uh, in my book is. We don't do anything unless we get bipartisan support. And I mean true bipartisan support, not one vote because that person's getting ready to lose their, their Congress seat. You know, I mean like, you know, people that, you know, from both sides of the aisle that could stand up and say, I support this and I'm proud of it because it actually helps. Uh, and until that happens, man, we're never going to solve this. We, we'll never solve it. We just won't. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: just touching on that a little bit while you are talking, I was wondering that I think I'm generally speaking, of course, but I think the majority of people, want to be just told what to do and that, you know, to say, Hey, go buy an EV, you know, walk yeah. to work, whatever they think they're helping or whatever, but it's, they, you know, and they just want to live their lives that way. You know, it's like somebody who says, well, you shouldn't eat gluten anymore. And they're like, well, okay, I just want to eat gluten. All right, cool. You know, but it's just <laughs> like, but then you get people who do ask the questions, you know, it's like, why, 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 you know, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Let's figure this out. Is this really, you know, really, really good. Or is it really bad? Let's talk about it. And then, that, you know, and this might be where I'm putting on my tinfoil hat, but you know, then people who are in the deep state, I guess, and they're making all these deals inside, you know, and, you know, finding out what works for them and fatten their pockets a little bit. There's like, whatever, we don't really care about humanity. We don't really care about if people are going yeah. to, I just know that, you know, my party will come out ahead. People who follow me will be on my side of the house and we'll, you know, we we'll end up doing like that. You know I mean? Like with Nancy Pelosi, we don't have to go down this whole political rabbit hole, but you know, with her doing the insider trading now and making these deals and becoming one of the richest people and one of the better stock traders and Warren Buffett's like, this don't add up here, you know, and, you know, what's really yeah. behind the scenes?
2: Yeah, well, I'm still trying to figure out how Joe Biden, who spent his, you know, what, 48, 49, 50 years as a public servant has made so much money. Yeah, Not, right. You know, um, so, but look, I mean, uh, that's a whole, how how corrupt is politics? Only lots, right? So that's a whole different discussion. And, you know, I'll say this. I'm a I'm a conservative. I've uh, but that that worked in a mostly progress well a progressive industry for 25 years, 23 years. So you know, solar, wind, all of renewable energy is very um, liberal. And so, but again, you know, what United, it didn't matter. We 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 were doing good things. We weren't lying. We weren't we weren't over promising. Um, you know, I'd say the first 10 years where solar really hit the ground. Um, was really fantastic and and you know we we knew what we were doing it was accepted uh it works it works great when it w- where it's supposed to work um and where it now has all turned kind of sour at least in my mind is when you start you know when we start uh <laughs> completely ignoring where some of our shortcomings are and promoting these at all costs and then uh, you know I, I i just always say this when you start scaring kids, and then taking pride in scaring kids, mm-hmm. uh, and and doing it intentionally, I mean, I've I can show, you know, journalism schools are they they're writing blueprints for how you demonize people who don't believe like them. They they come up with the words, you know, they they're, yeah. they're saying if okay. someone is, a, you know, you can't call them a denier. You have to call them a client science denier you know, similar to what we did with the Holocaust denier, right? So, I mean, this is, this is communications warfare. And so when you start doing that and you start, you know, you scare the hell out of kids and then put them on magazines, covers and and go, look how, look how awesome this is. Isn't this fantastic? I'm like, all right, time to call bullshit. Time to start saying this is uncool. Uh, Scaring kids is uncool. Let's just, everyone say it, start there. That is uncool. And, and creating a whole generation of kids who are going out there i'm talking to these kids you know hundreds of them they're 22 years old and they actually think that they may not be able to have kids mm. right because of the climate change i'm like how how incredibly stupid is that you know we have failed them i personally have failed these these kids by allowing these things to get out there and so i take i take it personally i take a responsibility sure. that we got to get at least some that we at least have to start a different narrative because it's just not like that it's just not like that you know, the two extremes are not going to happen. The rational people will will prevail. Um, I, I just, I still firmly believe that. I still am crossing my fingers. I, I think that uh, we're going to ultimately get back to that. And, um, you know, that's just my hope. And that's that's why I started down this path.
1: You know, to your point, and I pulled this up on my phone because it, made, it reminded me of it. But do you know, Um, you ever listen to a podcast that's called Breaking Points? And I have, that, yes. Yeah, so uh, Cigar... You know who he is. People, if you don't know who he is, he's, I can't remember. Is he the liberal or conservative? I can't remember. But anyway, it's two of them. And he actually reposted this post from CBS mornings. I guess it was our tweet. But he said, it says, today's children are 30% less aerobically fit than their parents were at their age. A new study found. It says the study points to climate change and rising temperatures adversely affecting childhood obesity as children spend less time exercising outdoors. It's like, what?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like what? I mean, come on now. I mean, you're going to tell me that climate change kids are going to be fit because of that. It's like,
2: wow. I, you know, it's um. <laughs> I did a tally in my book. Um, uh, I just I just over the past two years, I've just been collecting some of the crazy stuff that people. So so there's this new thing called you know we talked about sort of the fluffiness of climate climate science and i'm just going to call it that you know it's it's a soft yeah. science modeled science is is a soft science sorry it just is it's a far cry from being able to prove crap gravity and things like that so it's different it's legitimate it has its role uh, it's meant it's meant to help push our thinking forward, but it's not empirical. It doesn't prove stuff. It it actually just shows us different pathways that could potentially happen. Um, but this whole new thing that's cropped up is this thing called climate attribution science, which is really started by lawyers. And the goal here is not to further our understanding of climate science, it's to start suing people. And so, of course, the same university who created who created the, the blueprint for communicating this, Columbia University. Uh, their law center has has created the the framework to start suing companies and and, of course, individuals at some point that they don't like for having too much CO2 emissions. So climate attribution. Um, and of course, it's failed every single time it's gone to court because um, it's a ridiculous idea that you just start blaming shit on climate. And uh, hopefully that, you you know, you win one and collect millions of dollars and they're, they're treating it like the tobacco industry uh, when it's not really even close to that but um so i just started a list as i was going through this of things that have been attributed to climate change and i mean fat horses small sheep uh any number i think i had four or five different numbers of deaths that were associated with this um there was something called boy scout tornado deaths where boy scout troops were dying because of tornadoes and they were blaming it on climate change um (laughs) poverty bad grades obesity um just name it. I mean, it's just, I call it, I call it the climate change attribution train, right? We're just big old long train and we're just throwing stuff inside. It doesn't matter if it, if it's true, just, just blame it on climate change because, uh, you know, maybe if it sounds ominous enough, you can get some money to help go solve it. (laughs) So it's just run amok. It's just run amok.
1: So you don't have to answer this. You don't want to, we can cut this out, but you know, being a professor. You know in California, I mean do you have a lot of criticism coming your way, you know even with you know I work in higher education too, in which you know I guess for can be said that it's mostly probably very liberal yeah. but, um I mean, do you get a lot of yeah, I guess that's my question though do you get a lot of criticism for you know you know advocating and talking about this and you know and being a professor at a university
2: yeah, I think um, I don't get criticism, I think um you know uh, Academics are n- notoriously nice people, and so <laughs> I am not a. Uh, I'm a. I'm not a full tenured professor, so so I'm also a little bit different. So if I was out publishing, uh, you know, I published the book on my own because I wanted to to be free to say what I wanted to say. Yeah, uh, the opinions that grew out of my experience in the industry uh, probably would have been different if I had done it under Cal Poly's visor and said. I'm going to publish something on climate change. I'm sure I would have had to to toe the line on that. So that's part of why I did it this way. Um, So um, most people are, um, you know, uh, amazingly, again, this goes to it. There's very few people who could sit down with you and discuss details and like debate them. You know most people will most people will do what most people do which is they they hide behind the 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 news media reports sure. some some have found some science and they say well what do you say about this and I'll say well you know I read it and here's what it says you know and so let's have that discussion and that's that typically has it go away and then there look and then there are time there's been a couple times where I go you know I I I probably misread that wrong and I was wrong about that and that's that's also one of the things here. It's such a hot button issue. Is no one really wants to talk about it because they also don't want to be wrong. And I, sure. especially coming from my point of view, where I have so much experience in the industry, if I'm wrong, I, you know, I potentially could look bad. But it's like, what the hell, man? We we have to do it. We have to figure this stuff out because it's an important thing. Uh, I've never said climate is not happening, climate change. I've never said I'm the denier. I'm not a denier. Um but i'm also not a climate deather. i don't believe we're <laughs> gonna die by the weekend right and so i i'll just firmly write down the middle of this i think that it's something we actually have to tell the truth about we actually have to solve um and so when i get into discussions, whatever discussions i get with some other academia um it usually goes along that lines um uh, you know just you know we gotta we gotta be doing this together and i think that that tends to resonate if um you know i i If I'm, if I'm in a group of people who think politically like me, I could probably wax on about all kinds of different opinions, but that's, you know, that's, that's just a different group. I also, like I said, I worked for 25 years in, uh, in mostly a progressive industry and, we had all kinds of discussions. People were open to it. I never. There was never an issue because we had common goals. Sure. And uh, so I, th- I still believe in that. I still believe that that people from all walks of life and all walks of the aisle can can join together to solve real world problems. And I still I still believe in it. And I guess that's why I'm. I wrote this book in the hope that that we can all craft a new narrative and be able to just do what we're doing is have a conversation yeah. among smart people who care about stuff, and th- that can only be good right it can only help things i
1: agree 100 percent. yeah you said that very well and just that i've always had that thought i guess i've kind of stole it from other people that i've listened to is that you know it's one of those things that you know we're you know you're always going to have people who are on one side or the other but you know we're in the united states and you know we got we're going to have if we can put our differences aside if there is an issue we can sit here and we can work it out and we can fix it no matter what it is we can just you know stop being so like you said everyone wants to be right i get that you know just i don't know if that's just human psychology or what, but everyone wants to be right. They don't want to be told they're wrong. But yeah. I mean, if we could just go ahead and put that ego aside. Yeah. You know, yeah. When together, something
2: I'll be, I'll be, I've, I've been wrong. I'm going to be wrong. You know, I I think um, uh, (laughs) that's just part of it. You know, I, again, when you're, when you're out there trying to interpret and give opinions about science, it's something as complex as climate science. um, I did something in my book that I just invented. And I said, I'm just going to invent a Mark Cortez invention that I'm going to call a science ometer. And I'm just going to rank things that I've read. And I'm going to give this, you know, something that that you can prove is a 10, something that all you're hearing about is in the media. And it's just hysteria. I'm going to give a zero. And it's just a way to relatively rank uh, what you're reading about certain things. And is it wrong? Sure. Is it a way to frame discussions? Of course, that's what I'm an entrepreneur. I teach entrepreneurship. I teach these tools all the time. I teach students how to evaluate unknowns and put them in comparative context. So um, we have to do that. These are things that we have to do uh, in order to solve this problem.
1: Well, Mark, I think we should take it home on that right there. That's a, that's a good way to take this or end this one. So uh, if people want to find you, if they want
2: to find the book, if they want more information or anything you want to plug – yeah cool. my uh my book is climaturity so uh, it's I, I invented a word climate and maturity together uh, with no e in the middle <laughs> um climaturity.com is is really specifically about the book but i'm on linkedin myself my personal profile and i i talk and about climate change issues just across the board and and uh, uh, and different things and so that's and i'd love to connect with whoever would like to discuss anything and all things. I'm, I'm open to lots of different discussions. Uh, I love, I love, uh, trading ideas.
1: Have you, uh, and last question, I guess, have you done a podcast or would be willing to do a podcast if somebody, you know, obviously who thought who was on the other side of the fence, wanted to come on and do a podcast. I haven't done it. I'd
2: love to, I would absolutely love to. And, um, and, um, I've had a couple people propose. You know, an interesting thing. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't she love to see Al Gore in a debate about this stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> refuses to do debates. Refuses has always refused. But I remember John Stossel was a an uh, uh, anchor for um, what was it? Uh, one of the one of the Dateline or something like that is a conservative um, and just was dying to get Al Gore on, on, you know, in, in a live debate, let's do a debate. What's wrong with that? Why can't we get climate scientists in front of Congress and do this exact thing? Uh, just like we did with the impeachment of a, over a Russian phone call over the past few years, right? We can do it if we want to. So, um, so I would love to have this discussion. I, I really would. So it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun and, uh, um, you know, it'd be worth, it's certainly worth doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I think a lot of people would get out of that. And I thought, I know I One of those people who would love to uh, listen to something like that. I don't know about mediate it, but, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, hear what both sides are. And, you know, again, one of those things that form my own opinion and sit down and see what the facts are. So,
0: yeah. cool.
1: Well, Mark, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being here, man. I enjoyed this.
2: Chris, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And I appreciate the time.
1: All right. Bye, people. We're gone.
2: Bye.